This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. What's up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me, Salito, at Salito FF, and my co host, Matt Jones, at Matt Jones, TFR, and TJ Calkins, simply at TJ Calkins. And guys, it, it's, it's here. I know that we did not believe it a few short months ago that we would be doing a show like this based around a full NFL weekend, but week one of the NFL season is here. It's going to go off, hopefully without a hitch. I'm pumped up, guys. How about you? Yeah, I'm fired up. I, we're school started, football starting. It almost feels like uh, like like real life again. So it's it's pretty nice. <laughs> TJ, how's it going at work for you? Is uh, this should be? Man, I, I, I don't know what free time is anymore, but I'm still doing good, and I am just so pumped. I'm ready for tomorrow night, man. I'm just going to take it in. Just There's very few days of the year where I can just stop and breathe and just smell the roses, and tomorrow night that'll begin. So I'm ready for it, man. Awesome. Well, we're going to bring you game by game the main slate, so we won't get too much into the Thursday night game, but we are going to take you through every game this Sunday – one o'clock, four o'clock, and help you put some money in your pocket. So let's kick it off with one of the games I think is going to be one of the highest scoring ones on the slate. It's got an over 49, over under 49 in this game, and that is the Seahawks versus the Falcons in Atlanta. Guys, talk to me about the Seahawks offense. Um, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, do, do we see a little bit of Carlos Hyde? Which one of these wide receivers do we like? And do we even care that Greg Olson still plays? Maddie, let's start with you. 
Yeah, I mean it's the it's the age old question, right? Like, are we are we going with Lockett or are we going with uh, with Metcalf? I think uh, every week you're probably going to see uh, more ownership on whoever's less expensive, and uh, I think that's probably true this week. I think Metcalf could uh, could push you know close to like definitely over fifteen percent. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of whether whether you wanna whether you wanna do that. The the game environment is going to be good to a two point spread is always nice to see with a high total. You can, uh, you can kind of pick mix and match, uh, for, for some GPPs. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily going, uh, with either of those guys personally in cash. Um, but TJ, do you have a, do you have a preference for, uh, for your tournament builds? Yeah, I do. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't take much on ownership projections in week one. I uh, find we're always shocked. And I think the nature of each player is one is going to is one you're going to gravitate to throughout the season, and that's Lockett. DK will never bring the weekly floor that Lockett brings, I don't believe. But I also don't believe Lockett's going to bring the weekly ceiling that DK brings. And, I mean, DK is a slate-breaking player. And, my God, that rookie year, it, it, it's only going to grow. So, and there are phenomenal wide receiver options on this slate, and I will use some DK, but he isn't going to be like a, a huge piece of my builds here. What about you, Sal? Yeah, listen, I I, I agree with the the floor and lock, and I think he's the more safe play of the two guys. Um, DK keeps you allured all the time with the big playability. So if I'm going to be playing cash games, which I'm more apt to play and and want to make sure that I'm going to hit my numbers. I, I'll be leaning Lockett out of those two guys. Let me ask you guys about the running back situation. Um, we know that in the past, it's been a lot of a lot of names in that backfield. Uh, Rashad Penny's not there this year. Carlos Hyde is there. I, I'm hearing that Chris Carson is not going to get uh, a lot of touches early on. It's, it's going to be a mix. You steer away from that guy. You steer away from his backfield in general because of what the coach normally does. Well, I'll field that one, and I'm happy to. Uh, there are three coaches in the league that I absolutely loathe. I think they're overrated. I think they shouldn't have jobs. Coincidentally, two of them are matched up in this game. <laughs> Pete Carroll is such a damn joke. So Schottenheimer just does his bidding. You know, he's just a guy. He's just there. He's just okay upon the rock. There is no guy there with game-changing ability. Carson is not that guy. Hyde is obviously not that guy. But I do think they're going to chop it up, like Sal said. And they just are not a team that builds some insurmountable lead. If you look back at last year, I believe they had one win of their 11 that was more than one score. So it isn't something where I just want to pound a running back here and say, well, Atlanta's defense is really just going to break, which I, I think they will throughout the course of the year. But going back to the coaching thing, these are two guys that I am just always confident are going to find a way to let me down. So I, I'm going to be underweight on this game uh, in summation. What about you, Matt? Yeah. I mean, and, and Carson is, is not necessarily uh always present in the passing game either right he he started off last year uh with with that like six or seven target game and we thought that that was like you know maybe going to be a thing and you know he'll get his four targets every so often but for the most part uh you know he's living in that one to two target range uh which is not necessarily what i'm looking for uh when paying 6200 for a a running rat running back on draftkings.com um the the other the other backfield in this game is a little bit interesting to me uh, moving forward. Uh, I, I'm very curious to see uh, what the split ends up looking like between between Gurley and uh, allegedly uh, Hill is the is the next man up. Um, so I'm very curious to see how that evolves over the year. I'm not playing either of them this week, uh, but something to uh, something to take note of uh, if they if they really do want to mix in Hill and his price stays low, he might be a, a week two. Uh, a week to play for a, a little flyer there, but yeah, I'm. Uh, that's that's pretty much all I'm doing in this game. Yeah, I don't think to make. Oh, sorry, so real quick, no, I don't to make. I don't believe that Edo Smith is not going to touch the ball in this game. I don't believe it. So, 
even if he's a number three, I think there's going to be a third guy involved. Yeah, and I was just going to add that I I don't think this is the week to play Todd Gurley either, but um, I think early in the season you're going to find spots where you can get him in there because I do I do think Gurley's going to get a lot of touches early. And they're just going to see what's going to happen with him. It's going to it's a one year contract, and I think that you will have other spots to pick this year. But let's go over to the passing game because we know that that's the bread and butter of this team, um, led by Matt Ryan. Listen, you could pass on the Seahawks defense, and I, I assume the Seahawks are going to probably try to slow it down and hold Russ from cooking until the fourth quarter, as they typically do. But Atlanta will be trying to attack uh, through the air, and I think we, we know the usual suspects in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, but we have a very interesting new tight end in Hayden Hurst, the former first rounder that came over from Baltimore. And, and interestingly enough, I did look at some projections. He is projected to have high ownership. Uh, this week, but would that Matt would that keep you from playing Hayden Hurst in, in a matchup where he just fits this system better than Hooper did last year? And we saw what a good season Hooper had. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you if anybody listened to this uh, this show last year, they know how much I I appreciated Mr. Austin Hooper. So, um, I yeah, it's it it, it seems like that that's uh you know uh, uh, an, an exploitable matchup, and uh, obviously. Matt Ryan has no qualms uh, going to the tight end, um, so I think I think that he's fine. I don't know that I'm I'm going out of my way to throw him in, you know, like a, like my single entry team, but maybe in maybe in a three max build, uh, I might consider him. You're muted, sir. You're muted, buddy. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm out on Hurst. There's just too many uh, better tight end plays this week. Not that he's a terrible play. He's just not an elite play by any means. Sorry, South. Yeah. No, it's all good. That was my mistake. Uh, so of the two wide receivers in this game uh, playing for Atlanta, are you on either one of these guys? TJ? I'll play some Julio. Uh, I, I, I'm such a Ridley hater and doubter. Um the, I think Hayden Hurst just kind of fills in the Hooper role that does just enough to make Ridley not what at least his truthers believe he's going to be. Uh, of course, there'll be some smash games, but uh, I'm just not going to play Ridley this week. Uh, Julio's always fine. He has to be a part of a build. How about you, all right. Kat, Matt? <laughs> well, we're gonna, we're gonna, no, it's all good, brother. We're going to move on to the, to the Browns and the Ravens and uh, listen, I, I expect this game to be a high-scoring game also, but maybe a little bit more lopsided. But what I like about this game is I do expect the Ravens to put up points, which would mean the Browns will be chasing. And, and we know that there's plenty of weapons in this Browns offense if they can produce. So it's a, it's an over 48-and-a-half on the books. And uh, let's start with the Browns. Matt, what what do we think about this offense this year? It was something that was supposed to break out last year, but we know the coaching situation, all that has changed Everybody's supposedly healthy. We got a newly signed Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt might lead the, the the team in receptions this week in that passing game. What are you looking for out of this offense? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking for a lot of a lot of passes and trying to keep up with the uh, the the Ravens onslaught that I'm that I'm planning on building. So um, I I don't mind I don't mind running it back you know, running that big stack back with, with any of the Cleveland guys, honestly, I think, um, you know, we, I mean, we have, we have the, uh, quote unquote boots on the ground there with, with TJ. So maybe he could, uh, he could shed some light on the uh, Brown situation, but I am, I am very, very in on just going fully, uh, fully on Baltimore and, you know, picking whoever fits better, uh, between, between Landry and Beckham. I, I don't, I don't think there's a huge difference in, uh, you know, maybe maybe Beckham has a, a higher ceiling, but we haven't seen that in a bit. So uh, I I think either of them are fine to uh, to run it back uh, if you're stacking up Baltimore. Well, TJ, before we do move on to the Ravens completely, what do you have for us for the Cleveland Browns, seeing that it is your home team? I mean, that secondary is uh, it, it's gutted. The safety safeties are a huge issue. And on the Ravens side, I mean, Andrews is the absolute play. You know, uh, it, it really flies under the radar that he did what he did last season, playing 44% of snaps. You know, with Hurst gone now, he could absolutely take over the league. 
and be the clear-cut tight end one, even if Kelsey continues to do exactly what he does. So uh, Andrews is going to be by far my biggest exposure on the Baltimore side. Yeah, and I see that uh, Hollywood Brown is very reasonably priced at only $5,100. In my opinion, that's a that's a great bargain this week. We know how he blew up last year as a relatively unknown. He was a number one first-round draft pick, but still um, probably under underused in that first week. But uh, what do you think about the wide receivers? Uh, it's, it's Hollywood or nothing at all. And I think uh, it, where, you know, I'm going to play just a ridiculous amount of Andrews, absolutely. But in lineups where I don't, Hollywood's leverage there. So you can play him completely naked without Lamar. Um, there, there's a quarterback I'm pretty dead set on this week uh, that's a lot cheaper than Lamar. But if you're playing Lamar, Hollywood is good leverage on an Andrews fade. I, I just think Andrews is the elite play uh, at tight end on this slate. What about you, Matt? Yeah, no, just just give me just just give me Brown and, and Andrews and Lamar. Um and just you know, just sit back and watch the uh, watch the currently winning, uh, just continue to grow and grow throughout the throughout the afternoon. Yeah, I can't even argue with the double stack there. It seems like the right play, and, and to bring it back with, uh, like you said, one of the targets on on Cleveland, preferably one of the one of the two wide receivers, even Hunt. Um, I, I don't think Hooper is set for as big a year this year as he was. As much as you enjoyed him last year, different offense, and I don't think it favors him here. So. Uh, if we got nothing else on this game, let's let's move on to the next one, which is sorry. One more thing, you guys asked me on the comeback, and I, I kind of glossed over it and jumped right up right to Baltimore, and that's my bad. Uh, OBJ, I'm buying. He was hurt last year. I want him over Landry. They're the exact same price, fifty nine hundred. I'm playing way more OBJ than Landry. Very good. Hold on, I'm just filling out my lineups so that I can play against you guys. Uh, <laughs> listen, the next game up is is uh, the Jets at the Bills. It's going to be probably one of the stinkers of the week. Um, I, I, I'm not on really pretty much anybody in these game in this game. It's it's an over under 39 and a half. It's got all the makings of uh, you know a 35 under. It's a typical Jets Bills AFC East you know grinder. But let's touch on the teams quickly with the Jets. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, it's, it's just a bad match completely with him and that coach. I just, I'll just i be probably playing very little Le'Veon Bell throughout the year, unless it's just screaming in my face. But the only guy I find maybe interesting here because of the PPR value and because they're going to be losing in this game is Jamison Crowder because of the amount of targets he'll get with Sam Donald and the possibility of building up those PPR points. Can, guys, can you find a way to get a Jet in a lineup yeah, I mean, at like fifty two hundred for for the targets for Crowder, I guess is fine. Like he, I have a hard time clicking on him after that nine target for eight yards uh, game last year. That was that was a little uh, a little frustrating for me. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he's really like the only the only guy I would even be considering. And you know, I'm not a I'm not a, a big lineup guy, so I don't really see myself. Uh, targeting this game that much well there is absolutely one player or i technically player from this game that i think is absolutely the best cash play and a hell of a tournament play and that's the jets defense at 2100 massive savings there i believe it if i recall these two teams played each other opening week last year as well and i believe the jets d dropped about 20 in that game and they're sitting at 2100. I am going, they're going to be my highest zone defense without question. Uh, it's a punt with ceiling. Uh, Josh Allen obviously gives you ceiling for your defense every single week. And uh, Crowder, he's a good play. He's not a great play, I think. So there are receivers I just want to pay up a little bit more for that I think are yeah. just better, even better floor than Crowder, better ceiling, everything all the way around. Our uh, our buddy Sal Pal is is uh, currently currently in the chat. Uh, he he was asking for his invite before, but uh, he what he's up, asking Sal? could uh, could Josh Allen lead this game in rushing yards? What what are what's the over under on Josh Allen rushing yards for you guys? <laughs> I, I would say the over is probably forty five. Uh, it's got to be close to fifty in, in this aspect. But I think uh, Frank Gore is going to lead this game in rushing. Ooh, spicy. Man, I'll take Zach Moss, but uh, I, I do think that mid forties number for all of these players 
you know, for the highest total. I think that's a good figure. Yeah. You know, one thing to add for anybody interested in the Jets, all three wide receivers uh, are practicing this week. The rookie, Thank Rashad Perriman, yeah. and, and, and Jamison Crowder. Fire him uh, up. <laughs> guys, you touched on Zach Moss. Uh, Devin Singletary is a boomer bust. He's, that's just the way he is. So uh, unless you're taking the long shots and, and the Jets actually are good against the run. Uh, wasn't one of the few things they did good or uh, did well last year. Are we taking any shots with uh, Stefan Diggs in his new territory? Do we want to see that play out a little bit and see what the chemistry is like with him and Josh Allen? I'm not. I'm okay. <laughs> pretty easy, pretty easy, guys. Let's move on to the uh, to my Las Vegas. TJ and I both made the same face. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> that, that, that game is it's kind of a dud. I don't expect a lot of people. That's the one that's going to win somebody something this week. Watch it. It's going to come out of that Jet Bills game. Yeah, maybe the defense. <laughs> I like that. It was a great, uh, great ad by TJ. The twenty one hundred dollar New York Jets defense. Um, uh, my Las Vegas Raiders are playing their first game, and to see uh, my Raiders. On the road, favored against anybody is kind of a new thing for me, but they are favored going into Carolina to play the uh, Teddy Bridgewater-led Carolina Panthers. It seems odd to say that. I don't see a lot of good totals anywhere, projections for Teddy Bridgewater this week. So let's just jump right in to Carolina. I mean, listen, Christian McCaffrey clearly going to be the highest, uh, the most expensive player on, on the bill pretty much every week. But some interesting plays on on the uh, on the receiver side, guys. Do we see DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, or Robbie Anderson in any of our lineups? Oh, Go ahead, TJ. We got an excited TJ. I'm not. Yes, man. Uh, if you could create the perfect weapon for D, or, uh, for Teddy Teddy Bridgewater and his skill set, you would call it DJ Moore. <laughs> And I think we're going to look back later in the year at this 6,600 price tag. Like, how did we ever get that? Um, I, I, I truly believe uh, double-digit targets are going to be a weekly thing. It's going to look a lot like uh, previous nuke stat lines in Houston. And I, I'm playing DJ Moore incredibly overweight, and I believe I'm fading the rest of this game, which is probably a hot take. Where you at on that, Matt? Yeah, I'm. I'm fully with you on DJ Moore. I have, uh, I have, I've drafted so much of him in the offseason that I think he might be considering a restraining order at some point <laughs> uh, in the near future. Um, yeah, I, I, I love him. I love playing him in his tournament. There's a zero percent chance uh, that I would fade Christian McCaffrey in cash. Uh, I mean, ten thousand is, is silly. Like I, I would pay. I would pay and have paid a lot more than that for him. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna keep rolling with that train for now. No, what well, over on the Raiders side, I'm actually very interested. Personally, I'm interested in this Raiders offense in this game. There's been so much turnover in Carolina. You have injuries with some of the guys that are in the defensive backfield. That I think that this could be a good game for Derek Carr and the, the receiver. I'm most interested in is the the high draft pick in Henry Ruggs. Ruggs has to me that possibility to have that blow up week one game. It may not be consistent the rest of the season, but it could be that, you know, McLaurin from last year, week one type of game that helped, you know, break a bracket or break the slate rather. So I like that. Josh Jacobs is probably going to be one of the highest owned uh, running backs this week because you can absolutely run over this Panthers run defense. I'm seeing early high ownership projections for him. Uh, Matt, do you do you want to get anybody from the Vegas side of Carolina? Um, I, I I like the I like the rugs call. I think um, like if if I'm given the choice, like compared to the last game, like just save a hundred bucks and don't play Crowder and just get just get Ruggs' ceiling. Like I I don't really um, you know I I don't know that it's it's some slam dunk thing, but it's one of those situations kind of like you mentioned with McLaurin or Brown last year, like you, you want to get on these guys before they, they become either more popular and or more expensive. Um, and I think this price doesn't really, doesn't really hurt you too much. Um, even if he has sort of a, a middling game. So, uh, I'm with you on rugs for sure. I gotta, okay. I gotta be the resident contrarian here. Uh, 
if you're saving cash, why not save 900? Play Brian Edwards, who's going to have more targets, catches, and yards than rugs this week. Nice. We might have to we might have to put those in our lineups when we go head to head this week. Fifty cent wager. Let's do it. I'm going to have to look around for some change in the couch, but I think I'm in. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't have any paper money. So. <laughs> Guys, everything's before. everything's in DraftKings right now. <laughs> That's true. Uh, before we move on from this game, uh, just one interesting thing I'd like to point out. I, I was reading about Curtis Samuel the other day. Um, could see him used a lot more in the running game this year as they kept Mike Davis as the, as the primary backup. We know Mike Davis doesn't thrill anybody but curtis samuel did carry the ball a lot in college and he stays he plays close to the line we could see a lot of dump offs to him curtis samuel could be a very interesting sneaky play here as well just i saw it on twitter the other day i hate to not give the person credit who put up the statistics but i'm old i don't remember these things so (laughs) (laughs) maddie take it away yeah, before we uh, before we move on to the rest of the slate, I want to tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors for this show. Uh, the first sponsor is DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. While their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. You can get national restaurants like Chipotle or Wendy's, and most of the time, your uh, you know your local favorite is also on that list. So you can uh, you can get whatever you want delivered for the most part. Uh, right now, our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BlueWire. That's five dollars off and no delivery fees for your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BlueWire. That's Blue Wire, one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Whew, and our second sponsor, Direct TV Sunday Ticket. We're back. It is finally here. We're back with football. Uh, with, with NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. You also get Red Zone and you get the Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. So you never miss any of your favorite teams or your favorite players, which makes for a very, uh, very enjoyable sweat. So no matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BlueWire at checkout. Get 15% off your subscription. That's NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, promo code Blue Wire. All right, let's get uh let's get back into the rest of these games here. Yeah, we got eight more to go, and we'll we're gonna kick it back in with the Bears at the Lions with a 43 and a half point over in this game. Uh probably gonna be a close game, and probably gonna be an ugly game. Two notes on this game. Uh Kenny Galladay was limited with hamstring on Wednesday. It's not believed to be serious, but something you should still pay attention to before finalizing lineups come this weekend. And Montgomery, who was thought originally to be hurt and out weeks, practiced today, limited, and is on pace to play this Sunday. So I don't know that that factors into your lineups. I don't recommend at all playing him. But uh, let's let's touch on some other players in here. TJ, we'll get to you first on the Lions side. Just a mess in the backfield. So I don't think we're going to discuss starting any of those guys unless you could you could pull something out of a hat that would surprise me. But I like Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones connects well with Matthew Stafford. Nine touchdowns last year in about 13 games, I believe. And just always very, very touchdown uh, possibilities when it comes to Marvin Jones. How do we feel about him? Yeah, I, I love that call. I, I wrote up uh, Stafford Jones as one of my stacks for the sharp piece this week. Uh, over at Sharp Football, you can find that. I believe on Friday it'll drop. Um, yeah, I mean the both of these teams uh, were actually like kind of sneaky quicker than I thought they were. Like in in one score games last year, they were both uh, you know top half in offensive pace in 2019. And you know Stafford obviously what played eight games, maybe seven or eight games to to start the year, and then got hurt. Um, but there's a there's a real connection there, and uh, I think I think stacking him with Jones uh, makes makes quite a bit of sense. And like you mentioned, that uh, unless people really want to roll out Adrian Peterson, uh, I I <laughs> I don't think that uh, that you should that you should be clicking on any Detroit running backs. 
Uh, TJ started to choke, and it wasn't because of the cigarette he smoked, and it's because of you said Adrian Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not playing Detroit running backs. Uh, we're not playing them week one, week two, or week three, and I'm almost certain we're not playing them. It's a good rule to live by lately. <laughs> I mean, typically yeah. when you're going to look at the Bears, there's, there's one guy that just stands out there amongst the rest of the town, Robinson, but – I mean, Trubisky, it's just, do you trust him to get on the ball? It's yes. a, you could pass on his bear, you could pass on his Lions defense. You can. So, uh, are we getting Allen Robinson in some lineups? I'm mashing an A Rob, man. And I, I'm not kidding. This Detroit secondary is absolutely one to attack. You touched on that. Uh, there's a good chance they're the worst in football at the end of the season. Uh, you look at even Anthony Miller. Uh, he had his best game as a pro. Uh, I believe it was the first matchup against uh, against Detroit last year. I believe A. Rob in the second matchup in the same game dropped something like one ten and a touchdown on eight catches. So uh, reverse engineering, we also have to consider Trubisky. Yes, it's gross, but you absolutely have to consider Trubisky as well. And he's, I believe, he's fifty four hundred. It, it truly is a great tournament play, and you have two great stackable options there, uh, mix and match, but definitely A-Rob is your most owned player in this game by a mile. Matt was very excited when you I, mentioned Mr. Trubisky, so Matt, tell him. I mean, if if you can't find a way to to jam in Mitchell uh, in week one of, of 2020, I don't know what you're doing, man. Like, I I fully agree on the, on the defense part, obviously. Uh, just, just lots of, lots of trash cans to go around in the, uh, Detroit defensive backfield. And, uh, yeah, I, I will definitely have, uh, I, I like I've been, I mean, Alan Robinson made Blake Bortles good, like, or not good. I mean, that might be an overstatement, but you, you get what I'm saying. Serviceable um, is a good term. Serviceable. Yeah. I'll, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I might even, I might mess around and have, uh, have him as one of my three max teams. I don't know feeling kind of crazy this week there's another thing to point out like you said montgomery's practicing i really hope he doesn't play this year this week i don't want a competent rusher in the backfield i want them dropping back and throwing yeah if we know montgomery's out then it's so much easier to play trubisky even it's easier to play miller as leverage or as double stack but uh in all of my major lineups a rob will be present uh, if you super safe, sorry, go ahead. Sam. No, all good. If you, if uh, Montgomery is out, do we tr- do we slip Tariq Cohen anywhere as a as a deep play and maybe in a flex? I'm out. Out. <laughs> out. Okay. Cool. Very good. No. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that does Montgomery being out does a, a lot for Trubisky, like you mentioned. But I don't. I mean maybe something like Ryan Nall is going to be, uh, is, is going to also see the ball. So who the hell knows what they do with Tariq? Like I, I, I'd rather, I'd rather not. I've been down that road too many times. <laughs> All right. And guys. It's almost a no lose situation because if you play Mitchell and he shits the bed, we're one inch closer to Foles making a Rob a smash for the rest of the year, maybe Miller too. And if he doesn't shit the bed, then we make some money. So, you know, Let's we're, get we're coming up roses no matter where we shit, basically. Guys, let's it's move over to let's move over to Jacksonville, where the uh where the Colts led by Phillip Rivers come into town. And the like, the most glaring thing in this game is that the the Jaguars run defense is terrible, and the Colts run game is behind probably the best offensive line in the league. And and I, I spoke briefly last week that I thought Marlon Mack was a great play this week early in the year before JT takes this game. But I see a, a way where both of these guys should be in lineups this week. And uh, if you're getting really crazy, uh, would you ever consider putting those two guys in the same lineup, uh, Matt? Uh, I think just just because of what you know, what contests I'm playing and how I'm building – I don't really think I I would get there. I think if I was, you know, doing doing 150 lineups, I I would give myself a little bit more leeway to be a little crazy, but I I don't know, maybe TJ, would you would you ever consider that or no? No, that's too much of a stretch for me. Uh one or the other and I mean I I'm going to be underweight on the indie side of the ball in totality. 
Okay, so then let's move over to the Jaguar side of the ball. Is there is there anybody here? Do you want to get DJ Shark in lineups? Uh, I mean, they're going to probably be chasing points all game. So it's actually probably a good game script to get even Minshew in that lineup. Could you see your way, TJ, to a stack of Minshew and DJ Shark? Uh, I don't know about the Minshew side. That's a little more dicey, but absolutely on DJ Shark, man. Uh, you look at the matchups last year with Indy, the one, the first matchup, uh, Indy kind of beat on Jacksonville. Uh, Chark had an obscene amount of targets. It was nearly 20, if I recall. Uh, I believe he got the DK bonus. I believe he scored twice. Uh, he didn't do much in the second game because Jacksonville actually won that game. I believe it was out of the year, and Indy kind of was helpless. But uh, this is a team that's going to be trailing a lot this year, and DJ Shark is he's gonna be a target monster. Uh there's I don't respect the receiving talent around him in that room. So I am just kind of full steam ahead and all in on DJ. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think he I you know, he obviously has has a ceiling that he's shown, and I think that he's uh just by virtue of his price, um, I think that he's going to be He's going to be under owned being sandwiched sort of between, uh, you know, Ridley right below him, Lockett right above him, uh, and a couple of other potentially popular guys. So uh, I think he could go, uh, you know, way too, way too low owned. Uh, it's been a mess of a running back. We got an undrafted rookie free agent starting at running back. Uh, guys, but do you see a way to find Chris Thompson? Uh, into your lineup because of the PPR aspect and trailing a lot and the possibility of just an entire fourth quarter of getting a lot of dump off passes. There's probably not a, well, I can't say all 4k running backs are created equal on this slate. We'll get to that, but uh, there's probably not a better 4k uh, unknown punt than CT on the slate. Where you got on that, Matt? Yep. Fully agree. All right, fellas, let's move over to Minnesota where the Packers, I, I you know what I love about the opening week of football? We have, a, we have some nice rivalry matchups. And some really good matchups. And this is one of them, you know, one of the oldest matchups in, in the history of NFL, Packers and Vikings. It's a 45 and a half over under. So we're expecting medium range points, but I think we're gonna go, we're gonna see both teams go above that. Uh Vikings have a couple of defensive players that are injured, not gonna be playing this week. And I could see where the Packers could put up points, but I expect the Vikings to win this game. Uh, you could run on this Packer defense. We saw that last year. And one of my favorite plays on the slate, a guy I think is going to be the top scoring running back of this week is Dalvin Cook. Uh, guys, do you agree with that or you you disagree with Dalvin Cook? I mean, it's it's pretty hard to it's pretty hard to argue, uh, you know, with the the workload that he saw when he was healthy. Um, you know, maybe not not necessarily you know McCaffrey like uh but pretty pretty darn close and you're obviously getting a huge discount uh compared to McCaffrey this week like this this pricing we we didn't really talk about it this pricing is uh is interesting to say the least just uh one one supreme uh jump up at the at the top of the salary scale and at each position and then just this huge gap which I I mean I don't really remember them distributing the prices like this uh, very often, if at all. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I think that he's he's fine and he's another good tournament play because I think McCaffrey and Kamara are going to be higher owned and he's you know sandwiched in between those two. So, uh, I like Cook. Yeah, it's wild, man. Uh, if you look at the flex pricing, tiers one and two are McCaffrey. Uh, tiers three and four are Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically Talvin is kicking off tier five. That is wild, and I don't recall anything like that either. Uh, yeah. I, I do agree he's in a great spot. I think he's going to do uh, – he'll have a great game. The build I'm trying to create optimally, I think 8K, the 7,900, is just a little too much for my liking. There are a couple running backs I like equally that are a lot cheaper and one that is super-duper cheaper that are going to be the top three in my running back rotation. Uh, we haven't gotten to any of them yet. We will. So uh, 
on Dalvin, I there, there's a uh, there's no Vikings I'm gonna play in this game. Uh, I'll play oh. I'll play some Dalvin in a build, but I I'm not uh, putting him in a three three max lineup. Okay, well that was so my next question was gonna be a, a guy who early on in the offseason a rookie that looked like he was gonna be the rookie to have this year at wide receiver would have been Justin Jefferson, but he just has not beat out BC Johnson for that position. Um, so uh, Matt, is there, is, is there any chance that well, he shows up in week one and, and, and because he's a burner, you know, it, he could break for two big plays that could turn a slate on its ear. It's not something you could bank on. Obviously it's a long, a long shot thing, but uh, do you have any opinion on Justin Jefferson? I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have anything, anything too spicy on him. I, I, there's no way I'm, uh, I'm going there just again because of the, the the quantity of of lineups that I'm putting together. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe TJ, you could uh, you could speak to these, uh, you know, not feeling uh, receiver options in Minnesota. Uh, are are any of them interesting you, and or is Thielen interesting to you? Uh, Thielen is interesting. I think it's 6,700. It's a bit much. I, there's just way better plays. And I, I truly may fade all of Minnesota uh, outside of Dalvin and build. Now, you mentioned Justin Jefferson. I, I won't even consider playing him in a single lineup, no matter how many I'm playing, if Thielen is healthy. He needs to play in the slot to be effective. And as long as Adam Thielen is breathing, he will not be their best slot receiver. So... I mean, it's as simple as that. I'm just completely out on Jefferson. Yeah. Thielen's going to be absolutely peppered with targets this year. He's going to be a guy you're going to get tons of use out of. Let's quickly go through the Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams, we all know what he is. But we have some interesting plays uh, at the number two and number three wide receiver spot. And, Matt, do you prefer to have Alan Lazard or uh, Valdez Scantling in any of your lineups? Do you like one over the other, or these are just two guys you're not concerned with? Um, no, nah, I mean, if, if you want exposure to, to Dusty Aaron Rodgers, then, uh, then more power to you. Um, I, I would prefer just going, going with Adams if I'm going to play, uh, play them at least until I feel like I have a better, uh, I don't know, a, be- a better grasp of how, like who's getting targeted and what's happening. Like, I, I just, I don't feel like I, uh, am confident enough to be like, yeah, I need to, I need to smash MVS in there or, or Lazard. TJ, you have anything to add to that game before we move on to new England? Adams and cash Adams and small entry Adams and 20 max <laughs> Adams and MME Adams, 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 Adams across the board, man. That's, that's it. I'm, I'm going to play the shit out of it. Yeah. When you're dealing with one of the best in the league, it's pretty easy to, to figure out. You got to get him into your 7,300 man. Uh, uh, that's that's soft i think that's super soft and that, that's kind of the middling yet high pricing i want to attack on this like all right so let's move over to new england where the dolphins come into town uh the cam newton led new england patriots been 20 years uh, since anybody has led that new england patriot teams other than tom brady but I- i'm interested in what goes on there uh, let's start with the Dolphins. I mean, it's kind of a mishmash of players. So you get to the wide receivers, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Williams was a guy I would have been looking to play this week, but he's been limited with his knee. Uh, he's coming off an ACL surgery, and he himself said he's not 100%. So I think week one, I'm going to be shying away from him, but I, I think I'll be coming back to that well later in a year. Matt, Anything on Parker or Gazeki that uh, that excites you for this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, there was there was a definite a definite connection between uh, Fitzpatrick and his games last year with uh, with Gusecki. Um He was the second most targeted pass catcher uh, by Fitzpatrick, so I, I think that he's fine. I think he's a good way where there's all these like super chalk options. Um, I I think that doing that stack and then just eating whatever the hell chalk you feel like eating uh, throughout the rest of your lineup. You can afford a lot with that stack and you can, uh, you know, differentiate yourself. Even if you're, if you're going after some of the more popular plays on the slate, like we've uh, like we've talked about already. So uh, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I, I think Parker and, and Williams are going to be, you know, just sort of 
sort of rotating through. At least that's what they're they're claiming. And I don't really want any part of that. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, the most exp- oh sorry, the most expensive flex shop flex option in this game is six K. Kind of tells you what you need to know. Uh, Gesicki, man, I love the connection. I agree with everything you just said, but I'm just not going to play a Chan Gailey tight end until I see it and see it multiple weeks. I just don't trust it. Do you, do you think week one is a week to jump on Cam Newton? No, you want to see what that New England offense looks like with him at the helm? No, I, I really have no interest in anyone but Tony Michelle in this game. I think New England uh, just goes back to what they did last year. Obviously, they've taken a downgraded quarterback. They still have big problems uh, throughout their receiving court. So just give me the guy that's going to pound the rock, and that's going to be Sony. I know uh, I know they're talking about easing him in, so even if it's only 15 carries, I mean, if it's 15 carries for 40 yards and three scores, we've seen him do that how many times? It's just insane. You know, he, he pays that off with touchdowns. Often it's hard to project those games. This one doesn't seem like one of those. Where are you guys at on that? I'm in on Sony. Sony's a guy who, even in, in season long weeks, I was able to get him late in so many places, even recently. And then with Damian Harris going on the IR here, it's just everything looks great for Sony's direction. Obviously, James White will be worked in for his pass catching role, but I believe you're right. They're going to pound the rock, and I think that it's going to be all Sony Michelle. Matt. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a Samsung guy than a than a Sony guy. So, hey, oh. <laughs> I'm a Samsung guy too. But <laughs> I'll be watching Sony Michelle pound the rock on my Samsung uh, this weekend. Station. <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump over to uh, Washington. The Washington football team is going to take on the Eagles, and I, I so many different scenarios in my head. For this game, I mean, I think the likely scenario is that the Eagles just beat the hell out of them, but I, I could also see the Eagles fumbling a little bit early on here. So maybe one of you two guys could just settle which direction I should be going. And it's just going to be just a, an Eagles beating. And uh, should we just be getting uh, uh, Miles Sanders and specifically, I think, the tight ends on the Eagles side in this game into our lineups? I, I really need to know uh, what what percentage of those 150 lineups TJ is going to have uh, Antonio Gibson. Um, that's what that's what I'm here for. That's why I wanted to make sure I was on the show tonight. <laughs> Dude, I, if I'm reading the tea leaves properly, uh, if I'm anywhere under 100 percent, I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, 4K. This is the 4K back we were talking about. Yep. And. It looks like he's going to get carries. He's definitely going to get targets. And this is my absolute favorite game on the entire slate. I mean that it has my favorite quarterback in Carson Wentz, number one. With the week one god, D-Jax, underpriced. No true competition for targets outside of those tight ends. He is going to go scorched earth. And you can double stack with Sanders very reasonably. You know, DJX could go four for 180 and two in the first half. In the second half, Sanders takes over. And even using Sanders with Wentz and DJX, you are getting a very viable stack because Sanders isn't far from helpless as a pass catcher. Regardless of game script, it looks like Gibson is super safe. Super floor, super ceiling. The price is perfect. Those are the four players I am all over in this game. How about you guys? Yep. Uh, just one note is that um, with Jalen Rager return to practice today, and they say he looks like he may play in week one, I, I wouldn't let that deter you from what TJ is saying. This is a rookie, uh, a big part of their future, and I, I'm banking that they don't push him uh, too much in week one. He, he probably does not end up dressing by the time it's done, but even if he does – Listen, even if DJX does it this week like he did last year for that one week, you'd be foolish, as TJ pointed out, not to have him in your in some of your lineups for that exact reason. Matt, what do you say? Yeah, no, I, I'm fully on board with uh with everything TJ laid out there. So um I'm just glad I didn't wanna I didn't wanna be the Gibson guy and then uh you guys, you know, uh throw spitballs at me and whatever else. So <laughs> hey, I'm telling you. 
Sanders is sixty three hundred is the uh, third best running back price on the slate too. That's a that's my opinion there. So it, so the Gibson's the bring back player for you, right? You're stacking you're stacking in the Eagles. You're bringing it back with Gibson on the other side, and listen, and we're winning some money. Yes, sir. yes sir. That's it. that's the game. And I mean, if if you want to go score Sturth on this game, I mean, McLaurin at fifty six hundred is attractive too. But I mean. I don't trust Haskins, then I think the one-on-one matchup is an ideal, but eh. All right, let's head, let's head down to Cincinnati where uh, rookie Joe Burrow will be playing his first game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, listen, let's start on the Chargers side. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I'm getting in to my lineups on this side. Matt, Matt convince me that I need to have somebody – from the charges outside of maybe Austin Eckler in my lineup. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think just looking through, um, I have like a very, uh, extremely rough ownership, uh, model that I, that I just throw in, uh, each week. And it doesn't look like this game is going to be, uh, is going to be overly popular. There's definitely some plays that will have like medium ownership. Um, but no, there's not like, a you know, above 15 or 20% play to be found here. Uh, Eckler probably settles in like around 10%, I would say, uh, which I think is, I, I guess that's fine. I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm just not excited about this game. Like kind of at all, like no matter which, no matter which way I, I twist myself around and look at it. Um, I just think there's, there's a, there's a, a ton of better spots. Like if Boyd was cheaper, maybe, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, and I'm not a, I'm not a mixing guy either. So I'm just like kind of out on this. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I get the feeling looking at TJ that he agrees with you, but TJ, before we jump out of this one, is there any redeeming qualities to this game? I mean, if you want to go super contrarian and chase touchdowns, I mean, maybe Josh Kelly, but he's 4,300. How do you, how do you leave a a Gibson or a Sony out of a lineup to play Josh Kelly. Just no way. Yeah, Eckler is a super ceiling player, so he could break a slate. If you're making an MME, you can't be without him. I think uh, Tyler Boyd is going to be at the same same boat there. And I was going to say, and in most weeks, this specific matchup on a late slate, it would be, you know, skip it on the main, wait for the late slate, play this game on the late slate then you look at the other two games on the late slate and it's this is the worst one so you know it's just I, yeah this game kind of sucks man yeah well speaking of those those other games on the late slate you know you got the uh the new orleans saints welcoming in the tom brady led tampa bay buccaneers and i was talking earlier about great matchups in week one and to get this matchup right off the top breeze and brady from an nfl standpoint is great, but I think from a DFS standpoint, there is a ton of stuff that you could pull from this game. So, Matt, let's start on the Buck side, and then we're going to go away from the running backs. We're not looking at the running backs in this game. Mike Evans showed up today with a hamstring injury. Um, he says it's not serious he's going to play. The coach said we're going to take it right up to game time. So it's anybody's guess right now where Mike Evans is, but that just opens up the door for the better wide receiver in Godwin. And – uh I don't know. Maybe maybe Scotty Miller finds his way into a lineup. But talk to me about the the, the tight ends and the wide receivers on the Tampa Bay side, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I you know I played I played whack a mole with uh, with Evans and Godwin all last year, and I and I swear to God, I never got got it right. Like I was never on uh, any of the any of the real blow up weeks. Uh, so you might be you might be chatting with the wrong guy. I know. I think Lamarca. Um, and I would argue every week, and I think that he was right every single <laughs> time that we got in one of the arguments, because uh, I I never got the uh, I never got the good Jameis there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think if Evans plays, um, he's the the type of guy who can do it in you know with less with less targets probably. Um, I I like Godwin quite a bit. I have him. He's another one like right after DJ Moore, uh, who might be filing for one of those restraining orders soon. Uh, so I, I will probably have some 
of Godwin. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just want to, I just want to play all of the Michael Thomas. So I'm, I'm having a hard time. Uh, I'm having a hard time figuring out the rest of my builds uh, with, with those wide receivers and playing Christian McCaffrey. So I'm, I'm kind of at a crossroads here. I'm literally building lineups right now. And I'm like, how can I, how can I make this work? So TJ, tell me how I can make it work. Well, I, last year, I, I feel like if you just always picked Godwin, you came out on top more times than not. And well, I'm bad at this. We, it's, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? I, I mean, I, I, you're talking to a Mike Evans hater from the word go. I, I mean, dynasty, all aspects. I've just kind of faded the guy at price, and I've been rewarded for it. You know, you get a couple blow-up games, but truly, what's the difference between him and Diggs at this point? Um, if Evans doesn't play, I don't know that it really changes much for Godwin. I think Godwin is the absolute alpha in this offense. He fits Brady's skill set better. But do you have to go back to 2008 Randy Moss to find a similar player to Evans having a smash season? And, I mean, Randy Moss, Mike Evans is not. So... Now you combine with the what the 42, 43 year old Brady skill set. No, 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 no. Just uh, give me Godwin. And on the Tampa side, I think he is the only viable play in this game. Yeah, it's like we said, it's a mess at the running backs right now. The tight ends, you know, they're going to be finding specific plays for Gronk. If you're playing season long and you're expecting Gronk to be your weekly tight end, he's not going to be that guy. He's going to be the designed play guy that they go after once in a while. And you're going to see a lot of Howard of Brayton like you have in the past, and that makes it very messy. And especially trying to chase those points in a DFS setting is probably very messy. So, Matt, you, you touched on Michael Thomas. I, I'm year after year, I'm an Emmanuel Sanders guy, and I think there is room for Emmanuel Sanders uh, this week in your lineups. You know, what do you feel about that? Do you, would, do, are you playing any Breeze? Are you stacking Breeze with Thomas, or are you just playing Thomas alone? No, I, I think I think you can stack them. Like again, uh, like we saw what Michael Thomas did with, um, you know, some combination of Teddy Bridgewater and that uh, that tight end masquerading as a as a quarterback last year while Breeze was out. Um, like yeah, like Sanders Sanders could easily go off. Like that, I guess you could probably make a case. For anybody with hands uh, that that wears a Saints jersey, like Traycon Smith, could could be a, could be a flyer. Like uh, I I think it's a little uh, price prohibitive to to do Breeze and Thomas if you want to get uh, you know any of these other studs in there. Sixty eight hundred for Breeze, um, I think is a fair price, but not some. I don't usually build like with the like build my stacks with the most expensive guys on the slate. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I just need to find a way to get get Thomas into this lineup. Um, that's all that that's all that really matters to me right now. <laughs> the number on this game is forty nine. Um, uh, it should, probably should be around fifty two, right? It probably should be a little bit higher. But uh, do we expect the shootout? Do you think we get the shootout? I know we don't always get them when we think they're coming, right? TJ, give me, tell me what that big Cheshire cat smile means. Well, Tampa. Tampa's defense early in the season last year, they were they were putrid. But when digging deeper, they were more a victim of Jameis than they were being awful on their own merits. For sure. And while MT, I, obviously he's a great play whenever you can fit him, I, I, I don't want to pay 9K for anyone this week. I, I just think there's better ways to fill out a lineup, even with 4K Gibson. And – I think he's the best play in the game as far as a, a secondary play. You mentioned Sanders. I mean, if you're looking at your flex, if you're staring at your flex and you have 5,700 left, I would rather put Cook in at 5,500 than Sanders. It hurts a little bit, but I but you're a smart guy, so <laughs> I'm going to take it. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go over to the last game that we have on the main slate, and that is the the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Guys, tell me why we shouldn't pay every single dollar that uh, that George Kittle will cost and how he doesn't have 
200 yards and two touchdowns and against traditionally one of the most awful tight end defenses in the league. Wait, can I can I give TJ's answer before TJ gives his answer? Sure. All right. The the answer that TJ is going to give is that Mark Andrews is twelve hundred dollars cheaper. My work is done here. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Listen, we're together one week, and Look these guys, they not only do these guys know each other really well. I'm just sitting here taking all their notes so that I can make money. And since I, this, I asked Curtis, Curtis, I need to make more money this year. He goes, Sal, I'll put you with these two guys. Take their notes. <laughs> Fill out your, your your lineups, and you're going to be golden. As soon as you said Kittle, TJ started shaking his head, and I was like, I know what he's going to say. <laughs> hey, well, Kittle is a phenomenal play, and if Arizona did nothing to correct, I mean, the all-time worst tight end defense from last year, then we're just going to see the same thing over and over. The difference is we saw those smashes last year, and you were getting them from guys like sub-4K. You know, paying seventy two hundred for Kittle, you're actually relying on it, and that I think is kind of the difference in this game. But I mean, if you if you're projecting gross points, I won't say I'm going to project Andrews higher, maybe even. Yeah, I think I think their ceiling, uh, I think their ceiling is probably within like you know a point point and a half anyway. Um, and that twelve hundred is no joke. Like if if it wasn't this weird, you know, pricing uh, format that they have, and he was sixty six hundred or sixty eight hundred, then it's probably a different conversation. But a twelve hundred dollar difference uh, down to Andrews, I think, is uh, is worth paying attention to. Especially again because I'm building fewer lineups and I want to get McCaffrey and hopefully Thomas in. Um, like, there's just no way I'm I'm paying seventy two hundred for anybody else in my lineup. <laughs> Listen, that is why you're going to come here to On a Daily DFS every week for exactly those type of things. And a layman guy like myself, I'm going to throw that out there, and these two guys are going to put me in my place. But they're going to explain to you exactly why and where to go for that better value. So, guys, that is the entire 12-game main slate. Rashai won game. Hold on, hold on. There's another team in this game, so. Here's amateur hour by me. Um, uh, yeah, TJ came in and, and saved the day. TJ, you're, you're obviously excited about the Cardinals, so just you take it. I'm I'm very excited about a Cardinal, and it is <laughs> the, <laughs> it is the running back that I would take at 105 if other drafters ever made me this season and redraft. Did you like him that much? Oh my God, is he just <laughs> going to scorch the earth? I'm telling you, you like Eno Benjamin that much. Of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenyon Drake, man, we, we saw what he can do as a runner. Uh, we saw when they slowed it down, and he was kind of the focal point of the off- offense once they acquired him. They realized this guy is who we need. This is our future. Now we're going to see him second year, well, second year in the system for everyone. Add Nuke, completely different offense. I think they're going to go at the pace they wanted to. That they just could not. That's uh, where I'm looking for it. They, they couldn't keep consistently, and they couldn't do it right, and it was just exposing their defense. So they slowed it down last year. I think we're just going to go back to fast, and I don't. I I I am truly at a point of matchup be damned. Uh, outside of Gibson, Drake is the best running back price and play on the slate. Yeah, outside of Gibson, best running back price and play on the slate. Matt, what do you got to add about the about the Cardinals? No, I I, I like the Drake call. I think uh, you know I'm just I'm just really hoping and praying that we uh, we get some more touchdowns and uh, not as many field goals from from Cliff this year. That's that's really my uh, my only my only problem with them last year was the uh, you know 19 yard field goals that they kept attempting every week. Well, in fairness, early in the season, their running back was carrying a piano around, so that's how <laughs> He carried it all the way to Houston, and uh, he'll be kicking off NFL tomorrow night. Guys, again, it is here. That was the entire 12-game main slate. Um, Matt, do you have any la- you know any last parting words about, about this week's matchups you want to throw out there? Anything you want to leave the listeners with? I mean, I've uh... – 
I've spun myself into uh, into quite a circle here where now uh, Trubisky's in my cash lineup, so I think I need to go to bed. Hi, Matty. He's going to check out. And uh, TJ, what's the uh, what's the final word from you this week? Let's, let's make some money. Uh, just from a general general rule perspective, crazy shit happens week one. Don't overextend yourself. Uh, don't put too much of your bankroll in play. Just make sure you're you're not being overly dangerous in the one week of the year that uh, is generally the least predictive. I feel like you're looking right at me while saying that. <laughs> I, I wasn't, though. I wasn't. But you, you did say it was all in DraftKings earlier, so maybe I should have been. My DK Matt, bucks. Matt, this was an hour-long intervention. Uh, we're here to, uh, to help you out. But uh, listen, follow these guys at TJ Calkins, at Matt Jones, TFR and myself at Salito FF. The show is at on the daily DFS, part of the radio, uh, the Rotoviz radio family. And uh, check that out because he was very excited about that Sunday night Cowboys Rams game. So he's going to have a lot to say that we don't have here on this show. But uh, thanks again, guys. And uh, we'll be seeing you guys one week.